That's a way forward. MTN, everywhere you go. Hosted by the city of Joburg. The Literature Corner. 14 minutes after 11 o'clock, we talk books. What are some of the last couple of books you've read since the last time we had the review edition of the show? Do a quick review for me. Just give me a summary of the book and whether you liked it or didn't like it. Thumbs up, thumbs down. Would you recommend it? 11 With me in the studio, an old friend coming for a visit. Uh, by which I don't mean that she's old, just a long-time friend in Andrea van Veek, who is a sub-editor, news anchor. And I see a proper description here of what you also do, book journalist. I like that. Yes. I which consider- is proper. <laughs> I'm Absolutely glad you proper. think so. No, I, I do think so. It's lovely seeing you. Yes, you too. It's been I'm a sorry while. We, we, we're starting later than normal. Fortunately, as my former colleague, you understand live broadcasting. Absolutely. Okay, there's so many wonderful books. I love the title of especially the slimmest one of the three that you have. Which one are you going to start with? That's the one I'm going to start with. And it's called The Tortoise Cried, It's Only Tear by Carol Campbell, who is a local author. She is also, she used to be a journalist. She worked for, for example, the Argus, the Cape Times, the Mercury, the Daily News. So uh, she's one of us. Um, But this is a novel um, and uh, it begins with, a bloodied woman fleeing into the night in the Karoo. Um, the blood isn't her own, but the main character called Sienna, she is in danger. She's running towards a primary school where she's felt safe her entire life. And while this is happening, while she's running, her background comes to light. She is one of the Kariki Mensa, which literally translates into wagon people. Now, for people who don't know who the Kariki Mensa are, they're, they're real. Um, these are people in South Africa. They're nomads. They travel from farm to farm doing seasonal work. Um, they travel in donkey carts. And uh, these people are often invisible. They, um, they, because they're not registered, they don't have IDs, the children don't have birth certificates, so they can't go to school. So during her travels as a child, uh, Sienna, the main character, befriends another neglected child called Butty, with whom she plays day and night. And uh, when one of the farm owners, though, insists she go to school, she finds a whole bunch of other children there with the same background as her. And one of them is a little boy called Kriki. His mother is a sex worker who stands at a truck truck stop uh, in order to make money. Um, And both boys fall in love with Sienna. Um, And years later, when she runs across them again, she realizes that love isn't always beautiful. It can be very toxic. Um, The Mm. title of the book uh, refers to how a tortoise is a very important symbol for a lot of people who live in the Karoo, including the Karikimensa. Mm. Um, For indigenous people, it's an animal that's said to hold ancient wisdom. Um, And apparently it cries one tear as it dies. And that's what the title of the book refers to. Yes. So the the book are about people who are on the periphery, the people Mm. that... Most other people prefer to forget. Does it do justice by them? Ultimately? Absolutely, because it's it's rendered with beauty mm. and sensitivity, giving dignity to people whose own dignity is often denied. What's the title again? I just love the title. Say it again. The tortoise cried its only tear. And you recommend it? Absolutely. It's really, really, really beautifully written. And it's a short book, so it's not yeah. going to take you a very long time to move through it. But it really do you know me well you. enough. Would I enjoy it? I think so. Okay. I I'm really definitely do. Gonna, I'm going gonna, I'm gonna to dip into it. I love it. I love the title. I love the importance of rendering communities visible that we often don't do um, justice by journalistically 
quite apart from as as authors and so that's enough for me as as a reason to dip in thank you for that one andrea we'll come to the second one in a second um someone who's just stepped out of a workshop uh, to chat to us and i'm grateful is another colleague um and this is pamela montana uh, who of course is breakfast host here over the weekends at uh, on 702 and does a sterling job as well pamelo you have read the zulus of new york by the great zakes mda tell us about it morning guys um yes it's a fascinating novel. I mean, it's fascinating because we, we dip into a part of history that we haven't documented very well. We're going to, it starts in KZN, uh, around, uh, just after the Battle of Isandlana. And, and the phenomena at this point is that here are stick men, and men running around with just, I suppose, what are spears and stones and sticks, mm. beating what they think is a great army, the British army. It becomes a big news story in the UK and Europe, everywhere else. And so a man comes through, Farini, and this is a real-life character, Farini actually existed, who comes and picks up these men who they call savages, you know, they're savages. And the idea is to take these savages and to understand how the savages beat the great British army, that kind of thing. It's it's an and it's an exciting novel because we go into history in the way that's never been told before. When when people were caged, you know, we all know about Sarah Bartman's story, um, and it's that kind of a story. We go into human curiosity. There were zoos, human zoos set up in in New York in the UK, and and the lives of these people. So the protagonist mm-hmm. in these, um, is 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 is. is to the UK, mm. um, to a human zoo. She doesn't quite become part of the zoo, but is, is I suppose, what, what would have been a circus man. And, but he meets a woman who is caged, like Sarah Batman would have been, yeah. and falls in love with this woman. And I tell you what, Eusebius, for me, the story is this woman. Mm. Um, this, the, the fascination around this woman whose case she falls in love with, how, how she has other interests, who is she, how we talk about beauty, he addresses the, the, the issue of beauty in a very, very interesting way here. What we see as beauty as opposed to what she sees as beautiful, how she was yes. brought up, how she got there, who she is, what actually fascinates her, what interests her. We also, though, go in seeing um, a life of a man who is at the very same time an intellectual, as opposed to these other people who are, I suppose, enslaved. Mm. A black man who comes from South Africa, who is a real-life character, who we all know, in fact, Dube, um, who was one of the founding members of the ANC, who yeah. is in real life at that time um, an activist, uh, a philosopher, a poet, and so on. And, and just the juxtaposition of a slave, black person, at the zoo in the center of what would be like, I suppose, a Fenton Square. Yeah. And another in a university, um, dealing with how Europeans and, and, and other people see Africans. And here is an intellectual at the same time, in the same space, and, and obviously challenging that notion. Pamela, that sounds fascinating to me because very often with good intentions, when we anthropologize black people that are shipped abroad in 18th, 19th, 20th century history, 
we inadvertently render them flat and one-dimensional, mm. and it's so, and and that can often be from a genuine place of thinking we're mm. being good allies or even good authentic uh, chronicles mm. of our own stories of victimhood and survival, but. It seems to me as if one of the beautiful things about this juxtaposition you've just pointed out is that Zakes manages here to show a diversity of ways of being black, even in the 19th century. Gosh, Eusebius, he does it in so many ways. There, there are things that he does that just kind of get chilled down your spine. Because, for instance, um, this great Farini, who is the guy that actually puts together the human views and stuff, it makes a lot of money out of it. Um tells a lie and in fact is documented at the time and people believe it and it, it he, he he does it in such a way to to show you how quickly and easily history can be manipulated mm. how people's history and facts can be manipulated mm. how for instance there was people who rendered themselves zulus who were not actually zulus but everybody believed that they yes. were zulus just because of <laughs> that yeah. right? so, so you would pick um african-americans yeah. and put them in a cage and sell them off as zulus yeah you yeah. have the history of yes the one woman for instance uh, one of these characters is said to be sarah batman's daughter it's impossible because at the time sarah, yes. that book novel is a hundred yeah. years later i, I saw um, yeah that's right that's absolutely right and, <laughs> i chuckled when i read that how everybody reads and believes the story yeah. and, and and how easily it is to twist someone's history and background and 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 who they are um and that is quite challenging and how for instance you have nations and people who are called something else, and in fact they're not. But mm. we've bought into who they are because mm. someone wrote about it, the West believed it, and so so it is. So he does it in magnificent ways mm. about how who we are, and as you said, changing our understanding of anthropology. Absolutely. Beautiful review. I can listen to you the whole day talking books <laughs> as I can, Andrea. Go back inside and go and earn your keep. Bye-bye. Bye-bye, guys. Bye-bye. <laughs> Cheers. Pamela Mortene. And that's a review of The Zulus of New York, uh, the latest book by Zakes Mda. The Literature Corner. Isn't it wonderful listening to fellow book lovers? Oh, I hey? love it. It's amazing. I it's, love it when people wonderful. are excited yes. about books. Absolutely. What's the next one you're going to share with us? So this one is quite a fun one. It's called My Sister the Serial Killer. It's by That's uh, fun? Yeah. <laughs> no, it's 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 a dark comedy. Um it's by an author called uh Yinkan Braithwaite. She's an up-and-coming Nigerian author. This is her first book. So the story is told from the perspective of Kurede, who is a nurse. Her younger sister Ayula has killed her boyfriend. In self-defense, she claims. Except this is the third time Ayula has murdered one of her lovers, all allegedly to protect herself. And Kareda realizes that three strikes makes a serial killer. Mm. Um, now, because Kareda loves her sister, she helps her sister evade the law by disposing of the bodies and by cleaning up the crime scenes. But then Ayula starts dating a young doctor that Kareda is in love with. So what now? I mean, does she protect the man that she loves? Does she protect her sister? Um, it's a deliciously dark, devious, uh, 
comedy. Um, it, it's a tale about family loyalty amid murderous intent. Um, and it asks the question, is blood thicker than water? It's not a very long book. It's mm. quite short. So you'll move through it very quickly. I moved through it in a couple of hours. Um, so it's actually a really great airplane read if you're okay. looking for something, something like that. But I'm really rather impressed with Yinkan Braithwaite. So I think that she's an author to watch. Oh, that's very cool. The title again? My Sister the Serial Killer. My Sister the Serial Killer. Scary stuff. And yeah, yeah. Quite fun. And then, which is very now, when you were saying to me outside the studio uh, during our news break, when you and I were chatting before this segment, you've got a book about trees. I thought, hmm, third generation writers, we call them in law, green movement. But I've no clue what the book's motifs actually are. So this book is called The Overstory by Richard Powers. And the overstory is refers to um, when you're in a forest, the canopies of trees, the way that they mm. um, move across one another, that whole sort of, that's the overstory. Um, I just want to start with a quote from the book. Uh, Richard Powers says, that's the problem with people, their root problem. Life run, runs alongside them, unseen, right here, right next, creating the soil, cycling water, trading in nutrients, making weather, building atmosphere, feeding and curing and sheltering more kinds of creatures than people know how to count. And this is how he describes most people's relationships with trees. It's something we take for granted and we rarely consider it. Um, it describes the way in which the stories of eight people and their connections to various trees intersect and influence one another. So one of the stories, for example, is a scientist who discovers how trees can talk to each other. And that's real. Trees do communicate with one another. Um, another is a man who um, and his descendants who decide to take one photograph of one tree each year. And when you flip through this book, it's this incredible piece of art that shows you how this tree grows. Um, another man plants a different tree for each of his children and their personalities seem to match the characteristics of, of these trees. Now, powers really magically brings to life this world that we take for granted. We, we forget that humans and trees have a common ancestor because, for example, I don't know if you knew this, I didn't know this, we share a quarter of our genes with trees. No, this is true. I went and Googled this because I also thought, no, this can't be possible. We share a quarter of our genes with trees. Just think about that for one moment. We are connected. And that is why the destruction of things like virgin forest should be very painful to us. If you told me that I'd love a book about trees, um, which are almost like main characters, I would have scoffed at the idea. Um, but this book is a rarity. It is written in language that makes these saplings jump off the page. The descriptions are vivid and marvelous. Um, so marvelous that I took the time to look up most of these extraordinary species. I went and Googled them. I wanted to see what they looked like and uh, how they grow. Um, this is probably going to be one of my top books of the year. And wow, if I may... That's high praise. Ooh, if I may. Because you read prolifically. That's very high praise. I'd love to read just the first couple of sentences yeah. to you, just to just how extraordinarily beautiful this writing is. And here it is. First, there was nothing. Then, there was everything. Then, in a park above a western city after dusk, the air is raining messages. A woman sits on the ground, leaning against a pine. Its bark presses hard against her back, as hard as life. Its needles scent the air and force hums in the heart of the wood. 
her ears tuned down to the lowest frequencies. The tree is saying things in words before words. It says sun and water are questions endlessly worth answering. It says a good answer must be reinvented many times from scratch. It says every piece of earth needs a new way to grip it. There are more ways to branch than any cedar pencil will ever find. A thing can travel everywhere just by holding still. I love it. I love it. I've got so many more questions. We'll leave it there for today. I, I was intrigued when you told me to book about trees because we are taking a long time as a species to learn with humility how to decenter ourselves in relation to the rest of nature. And it sounds like this book may be very useful to get us to self-examine that. Absolutely. That's exactly what it did for me. Mm. The title again? The Overstory by Richard Powers. Thank you, Andrea. Thank you for loving books. Thank you for making time for the show. At some point, we're going to have to ask you to do country duty and go and teach the Youth League of the ANC in the Free State how to love books too. Absolutely. You can join me. You can join me.